Welcome to the My Chicago Podcast. I'm Carrie Rubin, the host of the show, and I love local businesses, especially those that are the epitome of the American dream and the story behind Vrasu Costa Rican food located at 1865 North Milwaukee Avenue in Bucktown is definitely that. In this episode, I have a chat with owner Henry Serdas, and he shared the story of his parents starting the restaurant in 1990, as well as all of the ups and downs the business has endured over the years, and certainly during the last year with the COVID-19 pandemic. Fortunately, Arasu was the recipient of Dave Portnoy's Barstool Fund, as well as quite a bit of media attention, rightfully so, including a national Google print and video ad campaign, among many others, that helped the business stay afloat. Henry was such a pleasure to talk to, and I absolutely loved his story. I'm sure you will, too. Here it is. So I was doing a little bit of research about you guys, and I saw you've had some really awesome press recently. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we've, uh, we're delighted with the opportunity to uh, uh, be on the press and um, we feel that every time we're in the press, it always creates more opportunities for the future. So this is why we're here, because we yeah. never know who may be listening to this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you were nominated by Melissa Eds on Yoga Garage, and uh, I've eaten at your restaurant in the past and um, would love to hear a little bit more about the history. I watched the the, the Google commercial, which is super cool. Um, which was a really quick overview. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about the history of Irasu. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, uh, my parents um, left Costa Rica in the early 70s. Um, like many other immigrants, they were out for the American dream. Um, Costa Rica, um, small country as it is, and, and as beautiful as it is, uh, you know, there's there's not that much economic freedom as there is in the, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, they weren't fleeing for political reasons or because of civil strife. It, it was quite honestly, it, it's it's a better place to to raise a family here in America and, and to um, and to join many others uh, in search of that um, that new light. Um, and so they left in the seventies and. Uh, dad was a, a typewriter technician throughout the seventies. And, uh, then he joined the CTA mom, mom for most of her early life, uh, was a homemaker. And after her kids, uh, were eight, were independent, she felt that she needed to get a job of her own and contribute to the, the family household income. So, uh, she always liked to cook and, um, she liked hospitality. So she went to Harold Washington and, and took some hospitality courses. Um, and um, after she got her um, certification, uh, she got a job downtown um, at a cafeteria. It was a minimum wage um, cafeteria job at Chaz A. Stevens. It was a department store on State Street. A lot, a lot of I remember those because my grandmother would take me as a child uh, to window watch and and to see where she she used to work at Marshall Fields mm-hmm. um, as she used to clean floors. My grandmother did. And so did my father for a while. Um, and back then, da- back then, Marshall Fields was a beautiful, beautiful department stores. Uh, and so was Chazay Stevens um, uh, alongside 
think Carson was on there too for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the old Goldblatt's not not as beautiful, but you know, it was still it was still it was still pretty. And then We Boats and all those other stores mm-hmm. that were down down. But anyways, long story short, mom got a job as a cafeteria manager manager uh, at at um, at Chazay Stevens, and she worked there for a couple of years. And uh, w- you know, working as a restaurant manager is, is not the most luxurious thing in the world. Uh, but she knew that she liked to cook, and uh, but she wasn't really executing her her cooking skills there. She was basically just assembly putting, line. <laughs> yeah, basically assembly line dealing with with low morale customers. I'm sorry, low, low morale employees rather. Sure. And uh, she would take the she would take the bus right across the street from what what, what today is a Roswell, Milwaukee and Oakley, right in front of the Gemini building. Mm-hmm. And the old Arazu used to be like uh, many, many restaurants before that and like a hot dog stand and then and that used to be a pit like an oil pit stop. And, hmm. Um, just a, a whole array of things. In fact, when my parents finally decided to open, the story goes that they went to get the a print job for their business card. And the business where they went to go get the the business card that said, "Don't even bother opening that location. It's you know it's it's demonstrated that it's been cursed. Nothing ever survives there. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty stranded corner, and nothing ever succeeds there." And my parents what, were, what year was this? This was um, well, they opened in ni- they all they opened in ni- August of nineteen ninety, wow. um, but just right before that is when they they went to that business card place and the ba- the guy basically said don't don't even don't even bother. But my mother insisted. She's a very persistent woman, very opinionated woman, <laughs> and she doesn't take no for an answer. And Pop, on the other hand, is uh, more serious, more conservative, and. He said, "There's no way that I'm going to put my my savings into this." And but again, she doesn't she doesn't take no for an answer, and she insisted. And uh, August of 1990, they they opened up Irasu. I remember that I remember that day because they started their day at seven o'clock in the morning and didn't get home till about twelve o'clock at night. And wow. that was that was the precursor for the rest of their life for about 17 years. They didn't know how to delegate. They didn't know how to. They didn't know how to hand off work. They, mm-hmm. they believed in. They believed in just doing it all themselves. So much so that their linens, even their linens, my mother would take them home every night and wash wash them in her own washer. Oh wow! Um, after her 16, 17 hour day, and then uh, and then fold them, and then wake up early the next morning and, and do it all over again. For many, many years, 17 years they did that for until they get absolutely exhausted and they started getting older and started getting sicker. And But the first two years of Arazu, super tough. There was two things that uh, factored into that. The name wasn't very helpful. Uh, we, were in, we were at war with the country of Iraq. So a lot of people associated Arazu mm. with Iraq. So they thought that, you know, they didn't know what they were getting themselves getting themselves into. What is the that significance was, of the name? Uh, Irasu is a, uh, is a volcano in the province of Cartago. And that's where our family is. Um, hometown is, is in the province of Cartago. Okay. Um, it's the, it's the only, uh, pinnacle 
in the in the in the um, in this in this hemisphere, we can see the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean from one location on a clear day. Cool. At the same time, so that was one reason it wasn't um, very you know very simple to identify. Um, another reason was back in 1990, I, I can honestly say that the majority of our customers didn't even know where Costa Rica was even located and <laughs> had no idea. They mm-hmm. thought it was part of Puerto Rico, part of Mexico, had no, had no clue what language we spoke, let alone what cuisine we ate. So it was, it was a geographical and educational challenge um, for us to conquer and for them to accept and to embrace. They didn't know what they're getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took a few years. Again, mom and dad were, you know, just basically high school educated. Uh, they didn't have, you know, they didn't have a vast marketing or sales background. Uh, didn't really know, like, maybe like putting up a sign that said uh, Latin food or food from Costa Rica would help. Mm-hmm. So it took, it took a few years for them to, uh, my dad put a, like a tent, like a wooden tent sign outside. And, um, more people started coming in slowly, but surely. And mom would sample her food and say, you know, this is, this is Gallo Pinto. These are plantains. These, this is our vegetarian dish of the day. That kind of, you know, that kind of thing, just to get people, um, tasting our food. Mm-hmm. Um, the way, the way I describe our food, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a geographical overlap. So our, our big neighbors to the South is Mexico, obviously like all of Central America and Mexico. And then to the, to the South is South America. So because we are geographically centered in Central America, the, the cuisine all overlaps. So you'll, you'll see you'll see shades of uh, Caribbean cuisine, uh, shades of Mexican cuisine, shades of South American cuisine all come together in, in Costa Rica. And um, but the flavor is rich. The, fla- the flavor is very flavorful. Um, it's not spicy food. Uh, it, it's it really leverages what our topography, which, which is, uh, the mountains, which is, uh, very earthy vegetables like yuca and patacones and banana and fruits and vegetables and a lot, a lot of earthy vegetables like, uh, like yuca as well. And, and then on each side of the coast, uh, we have obviously the Pacific and the Atlantic ocean that we embrace the seafood, the ceviches and, you know, things of that. Mm-hmm. We obviously love it. Uh, what, what, um, what God gave us, which is rich soil and rich coast. And that's why Costa Rica is called rich coast, Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, when Columbus arrived in Costa Rica, the natives were wearing uh, gold around their, around their neck. But Columbus was basically tricked because uh, Costa Rica didn't have a lot of gold at all. So whatever they were wearing is probably all they, all they wore. That's all they had because, quite honestly, we are not known for any rich um, minerals like gold mm-hmm. or silver. Uh, we're mostly known f- today more as an environmental uh, destination. Uh, we're also known for like a big pura vida mentality and, and mantra slogan mm-hmm. that enjoy, live, and relax your life. Uh, we've been, you know, Costa Rica has been known t- to be one of the happiest countries uh, on this planet. When when they when they do those happy happiest country index, uh, Costa Rica always falls number one in Latin America and we've, and we've, and we've won number one, uh, on a worldwide scale as well. So, I love that. Yeah. So over the years, 
uh, Eras Du has embraced, embraced that mentality, that mantra, kind of a enjoy, live, and relax kind of location. Customers call in saying they're running late. I said, relax. You know, we live in a very fast world. You know, if they're running late for the reservation, uh, we try to reassure them that everything is going to be okay. Everything is fine. Everything is pura vida, again, mm-hmm. which is our, our, our slogan. I love yeah. that. So today, 30, guy, we're, we're going on to our 31st year. Uh, mom and dad right, retired uh, right around when my daughter was born. Uh, that was in 2006. And um, it wasn't it wasn't like a simple handoff either. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they started getting sick and, and tired, my father wanted to sell Irasu. He never thought of passing it down. Hmm. And, uh, he said to me, I, I said to him, like, Pops, you know, give me a chance. I can, I can honestly run with this. Um, I know I can make it bigger, grander, and make you proud. And he said to me, he looked at me in the eye and said, he's like, listen, I'm like, I came to this country for, for a better you. Um, I wanted you to get a college education, which at, by that point I already had one. And I was working my career. Uh, in corporate America, and I said, "Give me an opportunity, and I'll, and I'll show you otherwise." And he said, "I don't want this lifestyle for you. This is, this is um, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's, hours it's a, and long it's hours. It's a, it's a long grind. Um, you know, you're always like struggling with with the city and the permits and mm. all the you know all." just everything that goes with running a business. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't want that lifestyle for you. You, you, you had just had, you just had a daughter. You have, you have a, you have a, you know, you have your, your small intimate family. I want you to really leverage your, 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 your college education. I want you to basically you wanted me to wear a tie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I don't want to wear a tie. I don't, I'm not a tie person. I'm a t-shirt, <laughs> kind, of, I'm a t-shirt kind of guy. And it, you know, it's so funny that, History repeats itself. Uh, my son, who is now 17 years old, told my wife last week. And Alejandro is a straight A student. He has aspirations to go to a, a fine university. He's a junior now. And he said to my, my, my wife, he's like, Mom, should I really go to college? And my wife's like, Of course you should go to college. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, I, I think that. When dad gets old, I'm taking over Irasu. That's cool. And I, and I said, no, but I said, I said to him, um, now I remember they having that same conversation with my father. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking, oh my, oh my God. I'm like, I don't want this lifestyle for Alejandro. I want him to have more of a nine to five job, weekends off, uh, you know, take vacations without having to be interrupted every, every, you know, every half an hour or. Uh, basically you're, you're basically on call 24 seven when you want to, yeah. and I'm not saying only restaurants, this, this, this goes for entrepreneurs in general, really entrepreneurs in general, you know, it's tough and, it, and people think it's luxurious and listen, I have a passion for this. I love what I do. And yes, I admit I'm the first one to admit it's a lot of work. Uh, but what isn't a lot of work mm-hmm. when you go to, when you go to college, it's a lot of work. When you, when you get a nine to five job, it's a lot of work. It's, it's, it's a, it's a rat race. So 
any any career, any role that I, uh, it, it's going to be competitive. It's going to be arduous. So, but I still think that I'm not quite sure I want this lifestyle for him. So I do agree with my father. Now <laughs> I understand. I do mm-hmm. understand what he was saying to me. I think time will tell. And I don't know if Alejandro will take over. And, you know, I'm not, I am not molding him to it. Mm-hmm. What he, he did say to me, he's like, Hey dad, I'm like, can I go to work? Cause he wants, he, he's, he wants to work the summer at the restaurant. And he's like, I don't, I don't, I'd like to bus boy, but I also like to like work in the kitchen and learn, learn how to cook too. And I'm thinking you're 10, you're, you're tender. You're 17 years old. You're going to get burnt. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking you're, I'm like, I don't think that this is what I want for you. He's like, no, I want to learn. So I don't you gotta know. Give I'm him supposed- credit for the ambition. I would say, I, I mean, I can it. understand not wanting to, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a tough grind, but um, I, I appreciate the ambition that your son. Oh has. yeah. I, I, I re- really respect and admire his, his desire to, to, to want to learn. And, um, you know, I guess time will tell. I won't, this is what, I, this, this has been my, 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 my mentality. This is my, my opinion. If, if he chooses to do it, I'm not going to push him to do it. Right. Of it's course. been all on his, it's been all on his own. Yeah. So it's been something that, that if he wants to aspire to do it, I'm not going to push him. And I'm, I'm going to be kind of more indifferent about it. Uh, yeah. I pushed my father for it. And my father almost, you know, ultimately said no. And, you know, <laughs> if Erez would have been closed 15 years ago, would have been sold off. Hmm. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm ungrateful that that did not happen. Yeah, so. that's great. So tell me more about this past year. I, so I, I saw that you guys won some, the bar, was it the Barstool Fund? The Barstool Fund was, um, was a, a a monstrous, monstrous help. And uh, I appreciate what David Portnoy is doing uh, for small business across the country. And again, not only restaurants, uh, but how did you guys get nominated for that? Well, um, I'll be the first to admit that I, I, I did not know who Dave Portnoy was before December of 2020. And a customer reached out to me via email and said, you should you should um, enter uh, this process. And uh, and then another customer. Were you uh, in danger of closing company. at that point? We were in danger of, uh, let me put it this way, not almost. Um, I, I had not asked for any PPP loans um, in 2020. And I'm proud to say I still have not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, at the time, this early on. So I'll, let me go back a little bit. Early on, um, I spoke with my pops. He was in Costa. He was in Costa Rica at the time. I said, "Hey, Dad, um, there's some PPP situation going out. Some loans going out." And he said to me, "Hey, listen, business is business is bad right now. If you're going to get yourself into more loans, I don't think that's a good idea." So I agreed. It was not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, not knowing that ultimately the government would basically turn those loans into grants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I was kind of, kind of like, damn, I should have like I should, <laughs> I <should've> asked, <laughs> missed I out on have. free money. <laughs> yeah. All this, all this free money. So, uh, unfortunately I used up a lot of my kids' college education funds. Um, so now, now I call it recovery process. Now I have to recover between mm. now and his freshman year. Uh, so again, going back to, to Barstool in December, 
two customers mentioned it to me. I had no idea what Barstool was all about. I started looking into it. I asked the general manager to start looking into it. And this is right before our annual Christmas uh, break that I, I, I give our employees two weeks every year. That's great. Um, their vacation. And I, and I, I had not seen my parents in over a year. So my wife, uh, my wife said to me, no, my wife surprised me with a trip to Costa Rica to go see my dad for five days because his birthday falls on the first. So I flew in on the first, on January 1st. And I surprised them and they were excited to see me. I was only there for five days. And while I was down there, um, I reached out to the videographer who was a, was a customer friend of mine. And I said, Parker, I'm like, I'm in Costa Rica. When I get back, I want to, I want to uh, button this up. I want to get this video done. He's like, wait, you're in Costa Rica. I'm like, get some video footage of you and your parents while you're down there. Mm. And we can in- integrate that footage with the, with the footage that I'm going to take down here up here and back in Chicago. So we basically, we, we put the two videos together and over the week, that was a Friday. Uh, Parker came into the video on Friday and yes, business was really bad. This was January, early January. The, the pandemic was still in its worst. The, the outgoing administration, uh, didn't seem to be doing anything at the time. Uh, there, didn't, there didn't seem to be any 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 light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and then on Friday he, he filmed it, and I said, "Parker, we need we need to expedite this because I'm running out of money, and I think that we have a good chance with with Barstool." So that you point, have to apply. You have to apply for it. We have to. Yes, we have to apply. Okay. And um, I'm, I'm honestly, to be like, honest, my, I've never I Sunday, didn't hear about it until uh, I was looking you up. So I don't know anything about that. I'm, I'm assuming he has a, a campaign for selected businesses that apply. Then is that true? That is that is correct. Sure. Um, and they and they usually they usually um, uh, focus more on restaurants, but that's that's not you know that's not the the only industry. They've done like uh, dry cleaners. They've done banquet halls. They've done um, the teacher store down the street, that kind of thing. But hmm. in shoe stores, so they've done a whole, you know, industry industry wide type of businesses. But they focus more in restaurants. Cool. Um, long story short, Friday he filmed. Uh, on Sunday he said he'd give me the edits, but or the draft for me to view. Uh, he didn't get it to me by Monday until Monday, and and when he when I saw him, I said, Parker, don't change a thing it looks mm. perfect so i submitted it at 9 30 in the morning uh to barstool at 12 30 i got an email from barstool asking henry or asking me what time would i be available for a for a for a facetime wow. so i called the, so i called the gm i said listen i'm like i'm feeling really good about this but barstool just reached out to me and said what time am I available for a FaceTime? And I said, why, why else? Mm-hmm. So I was, Mondays is my day off. So I, I was cooking dinner for my kids. I had, I, I had not even mentioned this whole thing to my wife or kids. <laughs> um, at three 30, the phone rings and it's, uh, it's a Northeastern uh, area code. Uh-huh. I think it's, I think it said Boston too. I think, you know, I think it was a Boston area code. Uh, and I said, this is it. This is a call from, from Dave Portnoy. And I answered 
And, uh, and yes, it was, it was him. And, uh, and, uh, he just wanted to congratulate me and, and, um, for our perseverance and for everything that we had done. He's like, this is the story. This is like a perfect example of an American dream, uh, that if, if we don't save it, it can become a nightmare. Mm -hmm. So, um, we are eternally grateful. Uh, to and Barstow. then did the, the Google commercial come as a result of that? You know, I don't know. And Google will never, um, I, Google never said yes or no. And every time I mentioned Barstool, they, they, it kind of goes over, kind of goes over their head. I don't know <laughs> if, I don't know if, like, like I said, press meets press and you never know who's listening. So, mm-hmm. um, Hey, listen, if, if, if it did, we're, we're obviously very grateful to Google as well. Um, I don't, they're not, they, they'll never acknowledge that it was Barstool, but they don't deny, they don't, act, they they don't flatly really deny, de- deny it either. Uh, whatever it is, um, I have, I have a restaurant owner friend who, who, who told me once, and it's true. He's like, Henry, when you're in the press once, uh, the other segments of the press then also want to talk to you. Right. So, and it's true. It's absolutely true. I remember after Barstool channel five. Channel Seven, uh, all these other organizations wanted to talk to us as well, and of course, you know, you, you, Channel Thirty Two, uh, you, you say yes to all of them, yeah, because <laughs> you never know uh, who may be listening. It could be, it could be Bill Gates, it could be, uh, you know, it right. could be anybody, right? You just never know who might be listening, and who, you know, and and who can relate their their life story to Costa Rica, who could relate to Irazu. Um, the whole Google thing, they told me that, that when I was up for the running, it was people within the Google organization who somehow had some interaction with me, uh, or who would remember my mother, um, or were customers that that's what, that that's what allowed us to be, um, the contender. I mean, listen, listen, there's. There's millions of restaurants in this country, millions. Right. And for us to be selected on a national campaign. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's an incredible story. So whomever, however, whichever, whatever, whatever, whoever played a role in getting us selected on Google, uh, I, I mean, again, eternally grateful. In fact, when I got the email from Google, um, I thought it was spam and I almost didn't even respond. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, you, 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 you get to listen as a business sure, owner, you get to I listen bet, to a ton. all the time, a ton. So I remember I told my wife, I'm going into the basement. I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a, a call. I don't expect anything from it. And they had mentioned that they were recording it, but they were basically microscoping everything I was saying. And everything what I was saying was like literally from the heart. It was mm-hmm. heartfelt. I, I mean, we were going through a pandemic. Um, our college, our kids' college fund was was literally down to zero. Um, mm. I was using that money to pay payroll. Wow. Um, I was I was my rainy day fund became my payroll fund, mm. and they they were they were feeling the desperation in my voice. And they, and they picked up on it and, um, they're like, okay, we're going to, um, we're going to share your, your interview with the Google executives 
Um, and at that point, we'll take it from there. I, I thought nothing, nothing that would, would come from that because I thought, I thought they were trying to sell me a, a Google product is what I really thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never thought it was a, as a pitch to, to go on a national campaign. Long story short, within two weeks, uh, I was doing a voiceover. Uh, within three weeks, they were doing a, a, a whole video segment here at, at, at the restaurant. It took about nine hours on a Saturday hmm. afternoon. And then when, within probably within four weeks of my initial conversation with them, I was on a national campaign, both video and print across the country. Um, and, and the print advertising were in very affluent um, uh, periodicals like the New Yorker, mm-hmm. the Bloomberg. Like it wasn't in, in Time Magazine and Newsweek. So our, our story, our picture, our, our legacy, our history was, was printing on, on, printed on millions of, of, of magazines. And God, I mean, people ask me like, oh, did you pay for that Google ad? I'm like, crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I can barely pay for dinner tonight. And like, <laughs> uh, that's no, so I, great. I, I, I don't know how much, I don't know. I don't know how much that campaign cost, but that, that, that campaign, the first one came out. I think it was the the Grammys. Okay. The Grammys? Did it really? Wow. It aired the first time it aired. It was it was during the Grammys on a Sunday night. I, I remember getting tons of random texts from people who I've randomly met over the years, saying they had just seen the um, the commercial on air. And God, it couldn't be couldn't be a, couldn't be more more proud. That's so cool. It was so cool. That is great. I'm so glad that um, everybody came together to support your business. I'm also curious to learn a little bit more about what the changing uh, dine in, dine out restrictions, uh, you know, masking and open air and all of that. Was that just a nightmare to to deal with with the city with going back and forth with the the levels? Um, I'll tell you why it was a nightmare because at Irasu we treat our customers as though you're walking into my house mm-hmm. and that's the way it, you know, it comes very natural to us to make our customers feel as though you are walking into my home mm-hmm. and to have to mask and to have, to, and to have to distance and to have to uh, not have dine-in for so many, you know, for such long periods of time, it felt so informal. It felt so inhuman. It felt so intangible. It wasn't our style. Uh, our style is hugs and kisses and embrace and knowing you by name. It, it, initially, it felt like when you, people would walk in, uh, we would be inviting in people with like leprosy, and it, it just felt like people were ill. Like everybody was, mm-hmm. everybody was fearful of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's like we're slowly unmasking and we're slowly. People are now shaking my hand, and uh, the, the 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 crazy thing is, because they they understand how we operate and how I operate, the the salutation, the greeting now is, I'm vaccinated. Are you? Mm-hmm. And, the, and the answer is, yeah, we're, we're vaccinated. Uh, okay, give me a give me a freaking hug. Get over here. Yeah, exactly. So it feels so like, good, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it feels so good. It feels like like the old days. The, the sun is shining. We're on the other side already. We, we are so excited to say we made it to the other side. Um, <clears throat> we are slowly financially recovering 
Good. Um, it's not going to be overnight. We hope the summer uh, is robust like every other summer and that we recover. But the, the human element, the benevolent element of operating at the Dasu, that that's what's gonna uh that's what keeps my spirit alive mm-hmm. like, that's what keeps our energy alive um and that's what Buddha is all about it's it's about families coming together and <laughs> friends coming together um and and embracing and engaging and enjoying each other's company and that's who we are i mean this is a destination when where where people come together and and um and enjoy each other's company I love that so much. I definitely have to get back there again sometime soon. Do you live in the neighborhood or no? I do. I'm at uh, Oakley and Augusta, so I'm really close. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so we've covered so much ground. Is there any final things you want to say about your business before we close out? Hey, listen, I just want to express my sincere gratitude. And this calls, you know, I, I, I echo the sentiments of my parents, of my wife, you know, my kids, our family, in my in our darkest chapter, in our darkest hour, Barstool was there for us, Google was there for us, but every customer, every Irazu diner was there for us too. We had random acts of of kindness. People come up to me and say, "This is for you and your staff. Please share this." And I'll never forget that. I'm I'll be eternally grateful. And my voice is crackling right now. But that's how I feel. I'm just so eternally and sincerely grateful to everyone who supported us during our darkest hour and our darkest chapter. And um, I just want to say thank you and pura vida. Yeah, beautiful. Before we close out, do you have any nominations, any businesses that you'd like to give a shout out to? Yes, there's two. There's two. Um, Greg at the Chicago Bagel. He's excellent. Awesome. Uh, uh, an excellent mentor, an excellent friend, and an excellent industry partner. Uh, the same goes out to uh, Dan Raskin um, at Manny's Deli. I call him our Yoda. Full <laughs> of wisdom, uh, full of entrepreneur. Um, he um, he gave me some good advice on how to... Um, on how to overcome this pandemic. Um, both of them um, were true friends and uh, true industry partners who made this happen. Wonderful. Thank you again, Henry, for being here. I loved hearing your story and I'm super excited to share it. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling. Such an inspiring story, wasn't it? You can find links to and the addresses for his nominated businesses, as well as links to Henry's Barstool Fund application video and the National Google commercial at mychicagopodcast.com forward slash Urasu, that's I-R-A-Z-U, or by visiting the podcast social media pages on Instagram and Facebook at mychicagopodcast. And if you're a Chicago small business and you'd like to be on the show, please drop me a line on my social media or on my website at mychicagopodcast.com slash B-A-Guest. Last but not least, be sure to visit Henry and experience the Pura Vida at Irasu at 1865 North Milwaukee Avenue in Bucktown. He's got a great Instagram feed as well at Irasu Chicago, so definitely follow him and the Irasu crew there. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next week.